Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry, Toyota. Let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hi and hello, football fans. Your old pal Dave Damashek here. Make sure you check out the Dave Damashek football program. You can watch it on YouTube, NFL.com. You can listen to it on iTunes or Stitcher or NFL.com slash podcasts. We look at the world of pro football and the game called life. Fantasy freaks and geeks, what's up? James Go here on the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. We welcome you in as always. All right, down to four people today. We're uh, missing one of our regular teammates, Alex Gelhar. I believe, if I uh, believe his Twitter timeline, uh, that he is back in the great state of Wisconsin. Am He's I in correct? Scani. Yes. Is, am I correct in saying that? He is in Scani right now. I feel like he takes a lot of vacations for a guy that. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh. Now, yeah, here's the. I think in his defense, okay. he is back for his league of record draft, which is kind of a, fa- a friends and family sort of thing. Okay. Uh, I believe they are locking themselves in a basement with a keg of oat sodas, and um, <laughs> of oat cheese, right? And they are going to. They're gonna just. They're gonna just draft their butts uh, off. Dad, uh, dad is gone, also, guys. Uh, Dad's gone. Time to party. This podcast is lit now. Gelhar also said it's the last time he gets to hug his mother. Oh, dude. Before the season starts. He has made that joke like 500 (laughs) times, and I think I've heard it 500. I enjoy enjoy that. Well, I I mean, the the NFL fantasy crew is certainly not afraid of beating a joke to death. (laughs) Uh, In the Wiz Kid from Wisconsin stead, we have the Irishman. The Irishman in the house tonight. Brandon McGinnis? today i guess yeah what's up buddy oh it feels great first time here okay nice you know i feel like this is it's sort of like a podcast exchange i made my debut on the around the nfl podcast earlier this week oh wow so now we're taking uh their producer and and he's uh sitting in with us that's great great. it was great if you haven't listened to uh the uh, atn's fantasy extravaganza marcus was on part two and it was uh it was great booyah did a really good job i had to represent for the stronghold and i liked i liked the fact that you know you and you got a little you know esoteric there with Mark Sessler at the end uh, in saying that, hey, listen, if, if, if Great fantasy work. was to end tomorrow, we'd all move on. We would. we all figure out. I, I appreciate that. Esoteric. What a great call. I love it. The Magical Beard Fantasy, Matt Franciscovich. What's up, pal? Hey, James. Doing well. Uh, you heard the silky tones of MG, my guy, Marcus Grant. What's going on? Uh, you know, yesterday was a 
busy day for me. I was I was here. We have the the, the media sales guys. They Dude, always, you put in a solid fifteen hour day. Yesterday. They uh, well, because the, the media sales team always does a big fantasy league for a lot of their clients, and so right. they ask some of us to kind of come and be draft consultants and stuff. So I was there. You know, kind of sort of working and schmoozing and shaking hands, but sure. at the same time, I was also conducting a draft for my League of Records, so I Look was like, you. so I was trying to like be social, and at the Dang. same time, like duck to the back of the room and like work the phones and try to wow. see what's going on in my draft, too. Uh, by the way, we're going to peel the curtain back. MG was here, what, uh, you were here at about 5.30 in the morning. <laughs> oh, my you gosh. left at about, what time did you leave, dude? Actually, uh, so I, I got here about a little bit before 7 o'clock yesterday morning, and I left, it was almost 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> Sad. It was, it was nearly ten o'clock at night. So yeah, that's pretty good. Get a life, nerd. <laughs> <laughs> and it is the pride of West Virginia, Matt Harmon. What's going on? Hey, everybody. All right, we got a big time show for <laughs> talking. <laughs> that one caught me off guard. Uh, the <laughs> AFC South will be discussed in full today. The Texans, the Colts, the Jaguars. Your boy A Rob. Should we take him in the first round? And the Titans as well. I will get the last fan league person into our Danger Zone League. We're going to close out Daily Daps. Uh, but I must remind folks, sign up for NFL Game Pass. It's the best. It is. It is the bees really knees. Uh, NFL.com slash Game Pass to start a seven-day free trial. I'm sorry, what would you say, MG? Yeah, Do bees have knees. Where did that phrase come from? I feel like their legs aren't long enough to have knees. Don't they, like, gather the pollen on their legs? Well, <laughs> they must have knees because their legs are <laughs> bent, are they not? I'm I'm going to Google bees. Listen, I mean, if you if you're out there, just have straight sticks just walking around. I mean, no, they like their legs are bent. I mean, if, if, bent you're out, if you're out there listening and you yes. know where bees' knees came from, all make right. sure to tweet all of us. All right, very good. And so uh, we can become smarter together. So again, NFL Game Pass. I, this just shows. just by okay. off the rails. Uh, NFL.com. I told you, Dad's Dad's I mean, gone. I'm, we're we're I'm, partying. I'm trying to get back. NFL.com/slash/GamePass to start a, a free seven-day trial, live out-of-market preseason games, and then game replays during the regular season. MG, you are a fiend of Game Pass. Tell the folks why they need Game Pass. Uh, I mean, it's fantastic. I mean, my favorite feature of Game Pass is the ability to go back. And watch the condensed games where you can watch an entire NFL game in about a half an hour. And it's great, especially for uh, catching up maybe on a game you didn't get to see or scouting certain players. I know that last year during my off days or on Mondays or whatever, I would sit and catch up on things I didn't necessarily get to see a lot of. Or if there right. was a player I wanted to watch, it is, it's perfect for that. You can watch everything. It, it's totally worth it. Uh, you could do the All-22. Yes. Which is so cool. Uh, it's the it's the uh, camera shot uh, where you could kind of see every single player on the field and kind of how they lined up and and uh, and basically what happened in the play and, and it's a feature that you don't really get it, it just watching television right no, not mean, at all no. it's so cool man it's a great feature NFL.com crucial for the Game work Pass. that I do that's very true very true point all right let's get to our top headline shall we. The camera highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. This is the woo. I like turtles. We continue to follow breaking news. I watch the news because I'm a kid. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife. All right, Dallas taking on Seattle. lot of interesting fantasy implications in that ball game. Tony Romo. 
Oh, uh, well, wow. His he hurt his back three plays in. Surprise! Three plays in. Surprise! And you know, and, the, and this was here's the scary part about it. You know, if he had taken you know a blindside sack or something from Richard Sherman or or uh, Cam Chancellor, okay, I get it. He was making a routine football play and got hit from behind. It didn't look. You know, it didn't look uh, like a, a big-time hit or anything. He kind of got folded weird. A yeah, little it was, bit. It was like the same I mean, thing a little that, bit, that happened to him two years ago against against Washington when he, like, bent awkwardly and, like, crumbled to the ground. I, it was just a weird play. I mean, yeah. he was going I, – I, I don't want to say he was going 50%, but I, I, it didn't look like he was going 100% yeah. on the play. And, and I know the defense was coming in, at, uh, coming in hot, but – it didn't look like he took a big-time hit. Anyways, he hurt his back, uh, and, and he was writhing around in pain. Yeah. The good news is he says, the owner says, everybody says he's not really hurt. I did think it was interesting, though, because I, I was you know, obviously doing multiple things and trying to keep an eye on that game, and everything on Twitter says, yeah, Tony Romo is, has, has a helmet on, he wants to come back in the game, and Jason Garrett was basically like, Nope. <laughs> yeah, one of not the, entertaining that idea. One of the announcers of the game, like obviously a Cowboys local market, said, uh, right. "I've got a better shot at going into this game than Tony <laughs> Romo does right now." All right, so there you go. So you know, make of it what you will, but uh, you know, we're talking about a guy that broke his collarbone twice in the same spot last year. Uh, you know, everything that I've heard and read and talked to medical professionals I've spoken with say that if that happens, trust me. Uh, they could do things to quote unquote strengthen it, but you are much more likely to break that collarbone again. Uh, so we shall see. It's just a reminder of how fragile Romo is. But a little bit. I mean, I just look. He's a tough guy. Like, yeah. like that's the thing I want. Like, I want to say, like, he is a tough dude. Yeah. There's no question about it. But you could also be a tough guy that's injury prone. For sure. Right. And I think that's who he is. Uh, he's great when he plays, but. Will he play? Uh, if he doesn't play, I, I guess basically seeing the the injury proneness uh, of Tony Romo, does it make you worried about a guy like Des Bryant? Well, I do think that we that it is something to worry about because, like I've said on this podcast a lot of times, Des Bryant does not get funneled the amount of targets that a traditional elite wide receiver one does. You know, he has never topped 160 targets in his career. He's never had 100 catches. In a yeah, season. right. It's where, kind of amazing. Amazing. It is. Considering that guys like Julio Jones and Antonio Brown and DeAndre Hopkins pushed almost 200 targets last year, right. it's amazing that Des Bryant's never seen that amount of volume. So he makes his living off being an elite touchdown scorer. I mean, he is the best target to touchdown conversion threat in the NFL. They need, but they need a quarterback to move down into the red zone to make him to make him viable there. The good thing is. We have seen a lot of good stuff from Dak Prescott. In, in Ain't nobody da- got Dak. time for Dak. No, so I, I agree. We've seen a lot of good things from Dak Prescott. Yes. But an issue, I wouldn't even call it an issue, but something I've seen multiple people mention on Twitter about Dak Prescott is the way the offense changes when he's in a quarterback. That he yeah. has not been, at least so far, has not been a traditional drop-back pocket passer. No. They have moved the pocket. They have had him on bootlegs and a lot of rollouts. We saw the read option a lot. And you wonder – what that means for Dez, I think I think potentially a Dak Prescott quarterback run may be better for Ezekiel Elliott mm-hmm. because of the way they change the offense and what they do with the quarterback. It does make me worried a little bit for Dez. For sure. My uh, my good friend Eric Stoner, from uh, he lives in the L.A. area. He does a lot of great football work. He's he's on Twitter, too. Uh, he, he mentioned, you know, like 
Is anybody else getting a, a Russell Wilson circa his rookie year vibe from Dak Prescott in this whole situation? I mean, obviously, Tony Romo, a little bit better than Matt Flynn. No question about <laughs> that. <laughs> but it certainly right. is a situation where he's establishing himself really well in the preseason. And, yeah. and it, there's kind of a similar feeling there. It's it, going to take an injury for Dak to get Oh, oh no, no question. I mean, there are certainly going to be some lunatics out there that are like, hey, what if uh, you know, what if Dak Prescott's better than Tony Romo? I'm, I, I'm, I am not, I'm sure there are some delusional Cowboys. Oh, yeah. Search it on Twitter. It's got to it's <laughs> be out there. But, I mean, oh, it's, it's, got legs right now. it's just encouraging that we're seeing a good backup quarterback play from the Cowboys because, you know, Dez was obviously hurt last year. But right. certainly without question the fact that they just – ran out a bunch of bums at the quarterback position yeah. as backups last year. This it, makes you feel better. I think one of the cool things watching the game last night, too, is when Zeke is out there, he's such a th- – the defense can't ignore him. He's such a threat. There there was that one read option uh, where Dak kept it, and right. the entire Seahawks defense bit on Zeke running up the middle, yeah. and Dak went around the outside and got like eight yards. I bit. I bit on like, – I like, totally yeah. thought it was like, oh, well, that wasn't – because the – and we'll talk about Ezekiel it, I'm sure, but like you know, the whole time like he's just ripping off great run after great run, and I'm like, oh, right. well, that was a nice little five yard game. I'm like, oh no, Prescott's got the ball. <laughs> yeah, there were that. a couple <laughs> foolery moves there. Um, man, I will tell you, Ze- Zeke Elliott, he is the real. Ooh, deal, he man. can stud. Why, man? He is the real deal. Yeah. Seven carries, 48 yards. Yeah. And here's the thing too, you know, if you go back and look at the highlights, go to NFL.com. By the way, NFL.com, uh, it's got your highlights for you. But man. It was incredible what this kid was doing. Yeah, there were two. He was things. meeting Cam Chancellor head that was, on. That was one of the come two, on, bro. That yeah. was one of the two come things on, bro. That that really made me know. Okay, yeah, this this is legit. Like this is really happening. Was him running over Cam Chancellor and Adam Rank this morning, kind of compared it a little bit to Bo Jackson running over Brian Bosworth. Mm. Uh, so there was that. The wow. other thing about last night that made me believe that this is really happening. On the play where Tony Romo got hurt, it was Zeke Elliott standing in there in pass protection yeah. and delivering. I think it was K.J. Wright was yeah. coming in. Yeah, he was blowing dudes uh, and just up, man. blew him up. I mean, yeah. I was never worried about his ability as a rusher or even as a pass catcher, but the fact that he was able to lower his shoulders, show some power, and stand in in pass protection and do his job, that's what's keeping him on the field for three downs. For sure. Well, And listen, there was a lot of talk that, you know, Alfred Morris could factor into this equation and he nope. looked and he looked great in the preseason but but it's just different you know it's like with Alfred Morris and even with Darren McFadden last year it's like this offense is so built to run the ball that these guys can give you great production they can look really good on the field but it is just a different thing watching Ezekiel Elliott in that offense it's run those plays he's a it, different animal it, it was just I mean it's no like if you if you can't see the difference between what Alfred Morris was doing back there and what Ezekiel Elliott did on his his first step on an NFL field like you're yeah. just you're not good at watching football like right. that's that's the bottom line or you've got some kind of bias or something well it's and you know it's consistently just, I mean, if if you're still with like, I can't take him on the first round. I haven't seen him play down in the NFL. Just shut up. Just, just, just <laughs> shut up. Honestly, because look, we just saw that him play in the NFL, reason. and I get it's a pre, I get it's a preseason game, but he was whipping the Seahawks' first team defense. Right. I mean, he was meeting Cam Ch- Cam Chancellor, one of the hottest, the hottest hitting safeties in the <laughs> NFL. <laughs> I mean, just meeting him head on, and, and you know, it was funny too because there was a point in that game. Where it actually felt like a real game because the defense, the Seattle Seahawks defense, started getting pissed. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you saw Richard Sherman talking trash. That's what I'm saying. Like, we were like, oh, okay, this is not a preseason game anymore. Like, this defense is getting shown up by, by a rookie, 
and they were pissed. Yeah, man. And when they started piling on, I mean, Richard Sherman was taking slightly well, late hits. You know what I mean? Like it was. It felt like a real. It wasn't even just game. that they got shown up. I mean, it was that. Guys like Cam Chancellor and Richard Sherman really wanted to give Ezekiel Elliott his welcome to the NFL moment. For and sure. they did not. And he basically, <laughs> and Zeke basically said, all right, bring it on. Made let's, him look silly. let's do this. Um, let's talk on the other side of the field here. Yes. Uh, Russell Wilson looked great. Uh, yeah. That's fine. He, he's going to be great. Um, you know, he's throwing it to different guys, and he looked awesome, man. Yeah. That's fine. But here's the thing. We've got the franchise here. Yes. We've got hey, the magical beard of fans here. I'm here. Christian Michael, man. Chris and Michael. Holy cow. This Welcome. guy just keeps doing it. Welcome to the awakening. <laughs> he just keeps doing it every single week. He's I know. ripping he's, off big time runs. He's going to be a factor. Don't don't sleep on it. People were tweeting at me yesterday. Uh, oh, you're sleeping on Thomas Rawls. Nobody's sleeping on Thomas Rawls. Right. What people are sleeping on is Kristen Michael and CJ Procise are both going to have a significant role in this backfield. It's a committee now. Don't take Thomas Rawls in the second or third round like he's Seattle's feature back. So, so basically, just forget Seattle running backs. No, oh, I mean, no, stack no, him no. up. The Listen. thing about Rawls, too, is he runs so violently in the way Marshawn Lynch does, it exposes him to injury. I'm just so can sad. We, can we at least say this? Look, I'm so sad. I, I think you can still draft Thomas Rawls yeah. uh, at his current value. Where, where's he going in the fourth round, something like that? Maybe I think you can still late third, early fourth. At okay, this point. let's say it's late third. Let's yeah. say it's in the third. Let's just say it's smack dab in the middle of third. Yeah. Okay. I think you could still take a guy like Thomas Rawls there. Sure. But I will say this though: it's clear Michael is the clear cut handcuff. Yes. That's the thing, oh, yeah. it, and it, it provides a lot of clarity. And MG, I know you get sad about it, uh, about a possible committee there in Seattle. But let me give you a little hope, my friend. Please. At the very least, you now know who the clear-cut handcuff is moving forward. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, 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 That's a yes. weak, weak consolation yeah, prize. Yeah, it is. It's such a weak consolation prize, especially when you know franchise mentions that C.J. Procise is still potentially hanging around there. Too. Oh, he'll, he'll, just, he'll be there. He'll do he looked good things. last night, too. Just, and he, did. And like, he was in on I, – I don't, I don't deny any of their talent. I don't yeah. deny that any of them have looked good, yeah. or at least you know what we've seen out of Michael and, and a little bit out of Procise. That makes me even more – upset because you know it's just what I I don't I just don't well here's how I think the backfield is going to work I think that Rawls is going to come in and I think for at least one week they will split carries but I think moving forward I really do think it will be Rawls Rawls will be the starter I think Rawls will be the starter I do think that he's going to get the bulk of the carries just because again that's just how they've run this offense yeah Uh, even and Marcus you know even Pete Carroll going back to his USC days he didn't he didn't rotate guys in and out he might have rotated them in and out of games right I mean within a game he liked to go with one The game. only actual rotation I think he ever ran that I can recall was the Reggie Bush, Lindale White. Yeah, but even then, they it wasn't even so much a rotation. They just had such a different skill set. No, I and agreed. They, they were all on the field at agreed. the same time. A lot. Right. Uh, except for that fourth down. I'm just sad. Um, In the Rose Bowl. Can, stop. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. Can, I don't want to talk about can it. Can we talk about, um, about Tyler Lockett real quick? Because this is something that I think has been developing throughout the preseason. This comes from Adam Levitan, who uh, is a great follower on Twitter, Adam, yeah. Adam Levitan. He's been tracking a lot of the preseason snaps. Uh, he, he reports that Russell Wilson has now played 75 preseason snaps. The top three wide receiver snap counts during the, that time. Okay. Doug Baldwin, 68. Yep. Jermaine Curse 53. And Tyler Lockett, 38. This is something that a lot of people have been tweeting me about, and I think it's fair to uh, it's fair to address that 
uh, if Lockett's going to be, you know, a 60 percent snap player or something like that in a in an offense that is still going to to be the ba- to be based around the run game, right? You know, perhaps this is a, a player that that we might need to approach with caution at his current sure. draft price, which his ADP is still in the seventh round, and, and I think that's totally fine. Obviously, those aggressive projections that you and I gave in that reception perception video certainly look like a more not quite well. There. That's why they're more like a down the line thing, yeah. you know. Sure. Uh, I think the talent is still undeniable with Lockett. He looked great last night when he got targets. He had the one touchdown catch yeah. from from Russell Wilson, which is the most Russell Wilson play I've seen oh, in ever. Time. Absolutely. Absolutely, and he runs around for like five minutes, and then he finds Tyler Lockett. It's basically like you're playing someone in Madden Pretty with right. the Seahawks. Yes, we would like to think that this is like a talent creates opportunity situation, and I I think that they love Jermaine Curse as a blocking receiver and two wide receiver sets, which is why he got resigned, which is why he's ahead of Tyler Lockett in preseason snap counts. But this right. is a team that is going to rotate their receivers. Uh, I just think this makes Lockett probably this year more of like a boom-bust wide receiver three on a week-to-week basis. I would agree with that. Yeah. I, I, and, you know, kudos to you because, you know, it's hard to sometimes, you know, divest yourself uh, of, you know, your emotions, right? Yeah. Because you're high on Tyler Lockett. I'm t- high on Tyler Lockett. But here's the thing. We've seen enough preseason games now to know the guys like Jermaine Kirsch they're gonna get work, right? Yeah. Uh, we saw Paul Richardson catch a touchdown. Yes, Paul Richardson, yeah, yeah he's he back. Played 14 snaps to Lockett 16 last night, so he's gonna get work. Uh, so again, it, uh, kudos to you, man, because like honestly, it is hard to sometimes back off of aggressive projections on guys that you like, and I've been there, right? And and, and so it's hard, but but you know, you're right. Well, it's not. I mean, it's not a. It's not a thing where like we're low on Lockett's ability, and I mean reception perception is all about illuminating ability, not projecting who's going to get targets or who's going to get snaps. Right. So you know, it's it's that kind of situation that we're in right now, and we're you know again, hopefully, talent creates opportunity for fantasy perspective. But I think this is a situation where you you can't roll into the fantasy season with Lockett as a wide receiver too, or something like. I that. I would agree with that. Are all right, let's go to Atlanta taking on Miami. Uh, <clears throat> here's yes. the thing: uh, the run game is not looking great in Miami. It's not looking great, but can we say Arian Foster is the clear-cut number one guy in Miami? Uh, Here's the J.J. 7 carries, 11 yards. Arian Foster, not that great either. Five carries for 10 yards, but he did have a pretty nice, smooth touchdown run. Yeah, he beat one guy at the goal line. I think people are overreacting. He had a a decent cut. He looked like Arian Foster. You guys are all freaking out about Arian Foster, and I'm just I'm not I'm like, not freaking out about him, but he looked significantly better than Jay Ajayi did. The significantly. Offense, the offense looked significantly more efficient when Foster they, was on the field. He was I still don't want either part. I don't want any part yeah. of this backfield. Like I'm, I'm, let, let's get that clear. But the difference between the two of them, I mean, playing both playing with the starters, both playing against first team defenses. It was night and day yesterday. Yeah, but the the, the Miami offensive line did not do Ajay any favors. Um, there were a lot of missed assignments by that O line when Ajay was getting his carries. He had to. He was. He showed a cool spin move. I think late in the second quarter, but that he got back to the line of scrimmage and like broke three tackles just to get back to the line of scrimmage. I mean, conspiracy theory. Okay. Hit me. Maybe the O line just doesn't like Ajayi as much as they like Foster. It looked wow. like they were not trying. Like they, they did <laughs> I mean, not care. Let's not forget, this is the same team that had a weird bullying scandal with its offensive linemen not that long ago. And I know a lot of those players aren't there anymore. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe they just. Maybe they just. Don't. I mean, I'm I'm spitballing here. I have the, no, I'm the, just making things up. But you know, maybe. Who knows? The so. other important takeaway for me is that. Ajay can catch the ball, which people flipped out about that report in many cases. That was that nice he has to see. Some drops. He 
And the other thing is Adam Gay said earlier this summer, I think before they added Arian Foster, is they wanted their running back to play a bell cow type role. Whatever the guy is that's in there, they want him out there for all three downs. That's great. That's how they used Foster and Ajay. They did not rotate Ajay in or uh, Foster in on third down. That's a good point. It was they split series. Yeah. So and and Foster was targeted heavily in the red zone. I think he saw two targets and three or four rush attempts there. He got the touchdown. Um, yeah, uh, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't disagree uh, that they'll rotate these guys through series, but yeah, uh, but what you're basically telling me is that JJ is done. Is that what you're basically? That's not what I'm saying. Oh, that's oh, what uh, that's uh, what I think you guys are saying. I, I don't think that's I don't what know. you're. I think that's what uh, you're. I think we we saw different things. I mean, <laughs> Dunn is aggressive. I mean, we knew we knew that he's a good pass catcher. He caught 50 passes uh, in his final year at Boise State. Like this is right. This isn't like a Legarrette Blunt, Alfred Morris type of player that just straight up can't catch the football. No. And your point about them rotating series is well taken. You know, if Foster gets hurt, if like if Foster is to suffer an injury. Uh, then yeah, Ajayi would would assume a lot of touches, I, I guess. But you know, the ghost of Isaiah Pete is out there too, making right. making some plays and playing with the first team offense. Damian Williams got work, man. Damian Williams been got work. getting work. So I don't I don't know that Ajayi is a guy that's like, well, if Foster gets hurt, then he's just going to start seeing twenty touches a game. I, yeah. I don't know. I probably just want to avoid this entire offense. Yeah, in general. it's going to be a weird committee. If I'm starting to feel a lot better about Arian Foster, and I'll tell you right now, oh, man. I'll, I'll, no. tell you, I'll tell you right now, Jay Ajayi, just I'm I'm bumping him off my draft board entirely. But uh, I'll push him outside the. I'll, actually, I take that back. I'm pushing him outside the 150. Foster goes wow fifth round. His ADP's no, that's not round. I mean, that's that's that's, 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 that's ludicrous. Crazy. Yeah, no. that's berserk. No, that's crazy. Well, look, I'll tell you this. I, I play in a what what I, I play in a 12 team and a 14 team league. Yeah. Uh, and and you know, and then of course I play in these 10 team leagues here at work. But you know we, like we're all pretty tied into to the whole fantasy game. He's not going anywhere near that draft price, even in a twelve, right. even in a fourteen team league. I don't think he's going to be going fifth round in, in the league that I play in. So uh, I would expect to see him there. Uh, if you're playing in a sharper league, I probably expect to see him there round seven, round eight. Uh, and you're comfortable there? I think round eight. I'm pretty darn comfortable. If I if I'm on the ends and I I feel like I got to reach for the guy, maybe I reach for him in round seven. I don't know. I don't know, but you know, again, I, I'm I'm pretty comfortable with him there, just given the upside, given the upside. But JJ, he's done. Ajay <laughs> is not done. They, they need his they need his young legs. Foster Foster made some nice cuts, but he's clearly slower than. All right, we're talking in circles about the backfield. Yes. Uh, any any uh, any takeaways re- regarding Ryan Tannehill? Maybe Matt Ryan, who looked terrible again. I don't want either of them. I, I, yeah. There I was the, uh, franchise referred to Matt Ryan Tannehill uh, earlier yesterday, yeah. and uh, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. all you need to know. And Freeman had nowhere to run. They rotated Coleman in on third and longs. Yeah, it's going to be a little bit of a mess. Yeah, a little bit of a mess. Listen, is there at least in the preseason? Can we talk about Devontae Parker too? And I think oh, this, I think this, uh, this call. warrants our, our very first use of a drop that we we created earlier. I mean, if you're drafted Devontae Parker right now, you you got to be letting this one out. It's the deep truth. <laughs> Right. The deep shriek. I mean, so last night uh, in in the first half, wide receiver snap counts on two wide receiver sets. This comes from uh, Pro Football Focus's Nathan Jenke, who's another great follow on Twitter. He uh, he tracks snap counts like in all the primetime games during the regular season. Uh, seven snaps for Kenny Stills, seven snaps for Jarvis Landry, zero for Devontae Parker in two wide receiver sets. Uh-oh. And Parker doesn't look good. Like, that's the thing. It'd be one thing if he's playing, you know, not a lot of snaps and he doesn't look good out there, but – this is something I've been talking about for a while now. You've I mean, heard zero buzz. Right. Zero buzz regarding can, Devontae can, Parker. Can anybody formulate 
Well, for, first let me yeah, let me just say like I've been I've been talking about this for a while now. Like he doesn't get off press coverage well. He st- struggles at the catch point, you know, consistently. Obviously, he makes highlight real catches. He will make highlight real catches this year, but there is no reason to think that he's ready to be a, a consistent threat in this offense or useful for fantasy. Can anybody make a case for him being a single-digit round pick in fantasy? No, no, no. nope, no. not drafting in there. No, I, no. I, he's I, a double digit guy. I was, I, I've been down on him for a while. I'm, I'm out. Yeah, I'm out. I mean, he needs to slip to like, like, there's not a ton of difference right now between a guy like Devontae Parker and Devin Funchess. Like, I mean, to be honest with you, except Devin Funchess plays with a good quarterback. At this Woo! point, at this right. point, Williams. Only thing I'm looking at out of Miami is Jarvis Landry, and maybe I take a late round flyer on Kenny Stills. Yeah, are, are we sleeping on Stills? That's Nobody's fine. talking about this guy. I think he's a pretty perfect, you know, MFL tent. Well, those are over now, so never mind. I'll just shut up. But uh, <laughs> I, I think like in in weeks. I don't know how he'll have a pop. I don't know how, yeah, I don't know how you're going to gonna predict them. Yeah, typical, exactly, but typical these deep threats. But he's going to matter this year, and, and just Leonte Carew still developing. Yeah. Uh, this guy, Yakim Grant, is is a burner as well. So, um, you know, it's interesting. They got a lot of guys that can do different things in the wide receiving core. They just don't have one guy that could do everything. That's the problem. Yeah, I feel like the Dolphins' offense might just be bad. Yeah, just just avoid. I mean, honestly, just all out of void. I think I think Landry's fourth round ADP right now is more than fair, but still, I just doesn't excite me. Like I said, uh, you know, it's interesting though because their defense is so bad that something on something on the offense is going to click. Something, it's got. I mean, does it does it have to? I mean, doesn't it? <laughs> their doesn't de- if their defense is that bad, I mean, it doesn't have. to. I mean, I know they only give up six points to the Falcons, but still, I mean, Aaron Foster's back might click. Oh, oh, rude. Okay. <laughs> All right. We're moving on. Uh, what else are we talked about here? Oh, uh, 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 gosh, wh- where was I going with that? I was. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Julio Jones tweaked an ankle. Nothing oh, to worry about. Worry that's about. what it was. Yeah, we're yeah, all good. All right, let's talk about the AFC. Freaked out about that. No, yeah, exactly. That's where I was going to go. Julio Jones tweaked an ankle, but no big deal. Don't worry about it. He's good. Uh, AFC South. Let's talk about the Texans. Lamar Miller, New Hopkins. Um, you know, people have been asking me about Lamar Miller in the first round. You guys comfortable? I'm not. And, uh, back, I'm, not. back I'm I'm not but You're telling me he's going to be a top 10 player in this in Well because, so I think what started a lot of this That's and tough. and I maybe a little bit bought into it and, and maybe I threw a log on this fire too I don't all know right. um all this talk from admittedly anonymous scouts okay but saying that Lamar Miller is set up to have a season for the ages that what they want to do with him combined with his ability the fact that he will probably get the requisite number of touches we always hoped he would get in Miami sets him up for huge production this year of course that was also before they lose their starting center uh, Nick Martin for the entirety of the year their left tackle Dwayne Brown also might not start the year so I mean you know I think this is all before they started having some issues along the offensive line now that said I still think he's a top five running back. I mean, it it surprised me yesterday when I was going through numbers and realized that he was the RB six mm-hmm. in in fantasy last year. Yeah. Just didn't you know? I thought he had a good year. I didn't think he had that good of a year. Well, it's I mean, he yes, had I that one it. game. Yeah, the one game against the Texans. Couple, he had like a stretch where he was a, a blow up guy. Yeah, yeah, that huge game against the Texans where he pretty much did all his work in the first half. And plus, a position group died last year. Right. That too, but. I, I do think he is in position to be a top five running back this year. And so I think that at least certainly in, in 12 or 14 team leagues gives him consideration to be a first round. pick. Maybe he's not a first round pick, but he's at least a guy that you're thinking about at the back end there. I, and I've always said, too, you know, if you're picking on the ends, guy, go get your guy. Yeah. Right. So, you know, if you're high on Lamar Miller and, and let's say you grade him as a, 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 a mid or low second rounder, 
but you're sitting there at, at pick number 10 or 12, and what are you going to do, you know? Yeah, I and, mean – And it, you like him. I think you know, he'll be – like you're going to have to go get him, so there you go. Yeah, he'll be fine as an RB1. All right. Uh, Will Fuller, Jalen Strong. This kind of makes me sad, man. Like, you know, Jalen Strong <laughs> – Kinda came on in the OTAs, and, and we we're hearing about great reports. They obviously spent a pretty high draft pick on Jalen Strong. His college tape tells you this guy can absolutely play. Uh, his combine numbers were super solid. Came into camp out of shape last year, but this year they were talking about him being refocused, in shape, all of those things. I was getting super excited about Jalen Strong. I know how much you loved him last year, too. Oh, my gosh, I was so big on him. I didn't realize that he came into camp that out of shape, though. Um, but now they, they kind of have a crowded – uh, wide receiving core, uh, Will Fuller, Jalen Strong there, Braxton Miller's going to make some plays every now and again. Um, you know, again, going back to you kind of have to kind of c- come off of your block sometimes. Yeah. Jalen Strong, to me, you know, again, not draftable dude. Um, and He's just being rotated in and out too much uh, with Will Fuller. But, you know, I'll tell you this, with that deep group of receivers, does this knock DeAndre Hopkins a little bit? I mean, I've been saying he's overvalued from the jump as a as a top ten pick in fantasy. I think he's a good pick around the turn, but yeah, I mean, Will Fuller's clearly the two. He's been running there throughout the entire preseason. Braxton Miller's getting a ton of burn in the slot, so like you he mentioned, Jalen Strong's just the straight up backup to DeAndre Hopkins. He'd have a great value if Hopkins was to go down, but you know this. And Stephen Anderson, I- interesting deep deep sleeper to monitor there. His undrafted tight end out of Cal. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, Josh Norris, a big fan of his, he's been beating the drum for him for a long, long time. And I, I like what I've seen in the preseason. He's got pretty much exclusively run with the preseason last, last – I mean, run with the first team last preseason game. Obviously, I'm high on Anderson, but, I mean, come on, the target share. Well, no, no, no. I'm not saying that he's going to matter, but I just, like, you know, maybe it was like a DFS play some week right, or, or whatever. Go. But I'm just saying, like, they, the, the options in this offense – are growing and we know they want to run the ball they were first and fifth in o'brien's two years they've also played fast though last year they were first in plays run they were eighth in plays run the year before so opportunity is going to be in there in this offense but i struggle to i mean i literally can't tell myself a story where deandre hopkins is going to see 190 targets again i can't see it either if this, especially if this defense is going to be a lot better than right. uh, than than they were last year. Well, we always talk like regressions. Everybody's favorite word of the year, but like we already saw the regression take place with DeAndre Hopkins in the second half of last year after producing wild numbers in the first half. It's true. He came and back. They started down. running the football. Right when they started winning. That's the <laughs> thing. Like and and you can you can actually point to a thing in their in their team outlook where hey they got better when they started playing this style of football and DeAndre Hopkins started playing this style of wide receiver. Not a guy that was seeing, you know, 14 targets a game, but maybe more just like 10. You know, the thing is, you know, a lot of times in the first round you're drafting talent level. And what I'm seeing is that D-Hop, and of course I love D-Hop, right? But it's like a lot of folks are saying, hey, maybe D-Hop is a possible top five guy. And, you know, I I look at that varied offense and I think about the run game. I think about the defense and I just, hmm. And it's not like Brock Brock Osweiler is this guy that's going to say, you know what, forget the play call. Uh, I'm going to sling this rock 50 times today. Right. He's not that guy. If he's slinging the rock 50 times, things have gone bad. Yeah. I mean, it's just, that's all there is to it. Things have gone bad. They don't want to. They don't want to play that style of football. No, zero percent. They want to stay. They want to play. No, uh, to your point, man. Uh, you're right. I, I can't see myself. I can't convince myself that D Hop is a top eight pick. I just can't do it. Yeah. No. But I'll take him in the first round based off of talent. If I'm there at, at pick nine or ten. 
I think, yeah, if I'm there at the turn, depending on who else has gone there, because, you know, we talked about Lamar Miller in the first round earlier. Really the only running back that I feel 100% comfortable in taking the first round is David Johnson. Ezekiel Elliott would be the guy in this latter half of the first round. So if a bunch of receivers have gone off the board and those two running backs are off the board, uh, then I'm starting to weigh, you know, Des Bryant and DeAndre Hopkins. But I think guys like Keenan Allen have more of an outlook to reproduce the season that Hopkins had last year than he does. I'll tell you what, I'll take Zeke at five. I'll take him there. I got Zeke, by the way, it's a humble brag. I got Zeke at 10 in my Watch out. record draft last Watch that out. Was, that was cool. Again, when you're picking five, you ain't going to get Zeke back. No. You like him, go get him. Uh, Colts, uh, Andrew Luck is going a little later in drafts than, than, than I anticipated. I thought, I thought he'd still climb back into that round four range, but we're starting to see him on NFL.com going around six or seven. Uh, to me, that's tremendous value, no? Yeah, definitely. People are just scared from what happened last year. Is he a top-four quarterback uh, in fantasy next year or this coming season? Top-four? I have him at five. I have I have it as uh, Newton – or, I mean, Rodgers, Newton, Newton, Wilson, Breeze, Luck. I, I could put Luck – I mean, I could flip-flop Luck and Breeze partially me because yeah, – Me too. Partially yeah. because the, the Colts defense could challenge to be – one of the worst in the league, which yeah. means they're going to have they're, to throw the They're going to challenge the Saints, though, for well, the worst. Well, that's true. I mean, it's, which, is why, which is why you can flip-flop those two right. and have them kind of be interchangeable. So uh, I think so. Again, my, my thing with Andrew Luck is I just want to see him protect the football better. Yeah. Because yeah, a lot of turnovers. He is, he's the early leader for the, the Mark Bolger Award. He, he can run the ball, too. Yeah. He gets a couple rushing touchdowns every year, which, which adds a little bit of value there. So, All right, let me ask you this. Higher ceiling, yeah. T.Y. Hilton or Dante Moncrief? Higher ceiling? ceiling. Hilton. Yeah, I'd say Hilton. Wow. Uh, I mean, because of the big playability. I mean, I don't know. I think they both have And it's really not it's not like it's far and away T.Y. Yeah. Hilton. Like, I don't, I don't believe I that. I actually think Moncrief's got the higher ceiling. I mean, I think he's got. Well, first of all, look. Can I just say this? I'm ridiculously high on Dante Moncrief. I think he's got the higher floor and the higher ceiling. I mean, I know he was. He was your March to 1100. I know, and he let me down. It wasn't. It wasn't. (laughs) It's not your fault, James. Hey, it's not your fault. (laughs) All right, it's not. Stop it! I'm going to start crying and hugging you later. It's not your fault. All right, Pat. (laughs) I I think he. I think he definitely has the higher. I mean, I. I, I'm right there with you on Moncrief, James. I have him as my wide receiver 19 in in fantasy, and I think that's. I think that's being conservative, to be honest with you. That's like. That's like his floor. Uh, this offense is going to push for the lead league in pass attempts. There is a 0.0% chance that Moncrief is going to see less than 120 targets Agreed. with the other options available in the offense. Yep. Uh, both were already on pace for over 120 when Luck was under center. Um, Luck, Luck actually – I mean, Moncrief actually had more catches than Hilton did when Luck was under center. Uh, and he was on pace for double-digit touchdowns. I mean, this guy already broke out last year. I've written – feels like 100 pieces on that already this offseason. So, like, to me, he's but a fourth-round But from a, a statistical camp standpoint, though, he, he kind of didn't, though. I mean, less than 1,000 Oh, no, yards. no, yeah, yeah. But but that was a, a situation where his quarterback – touchdowns were great. Below, his quarterback was playing right. below expectations. But if you look at, like, what he did in terms of his reception perception, he's yeah. a, a complete player yeah. at this point. I, so, he, uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, people might not know he broke out last year because of the numbers, but he broke out last last year. I have no data to back this up, but am I right to say that Moncrief is more of a red zone threat than Hilton would be? Yes. Oh, there's no question. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. There's yeah. no question. So bigger, I think that, bigger, stronger guy right. and, and, and just as fast. Right. I mean, that's what's cra- See, yeah. that's what's crazy to me is that I know that T.Y. Hilton's been doing it longer, right. and I get that, 
But listen, da, like the the athletic profile for Dante Moncrief in this offense, he can do things that T.Y. Hilton can't do. Right. Yeah. And I don't know that T.Y. Hilton can do things that Dante Moncrief can't do. So that's why I'm saying to me, look at at, at their respective prices. Yeah. I, there's no way I would much rather have Dante Moncrief at their respective prices. I think Moncrief is a is a early fourth round pick, and. I'm not. He gonna. doesn't have the name value, which is why he's slipping. Right, but I think like if you take him in the fourth round, you can feel Stealing. totally okay with that. I was tempted. I'm in like a you know a sharps league with a bunch of guys from Roto World and across the industry right now, and we're doing like a slow humble brag. What? Hello. What do you mean? I was <laughs> I, this is not the first time that's happened. Any of you bros could get it. Whatever. I'm not. I'm not addressing. It's that. so easy. Just <laughs> shake him. You're a bro. I'm so sure. I, I, I'm, I get. I get shook pretty easily. That was but, too easy. But like I was. I was at the top of the second round. And I knew Monk or mid second round. I knew Moncrief was not going to come back around to me in the third round because I knew Davis Maddock, who we had on this podcast, was going to take him at the top of the third. Yeah. Sure enough, he did. Ugh. I was really tempted to take him in that second round. Whoa. That's crazy though. Yeah. That's crazy. I, I know, but I'm just saying, like he's my, he's talk. a guy that I think is going to break out this year. But well, I ended up taking Adrian Peterson. It's like, well, right, okay, fine. Uh, Frank Gore, he's <laughs> ancient. He's uh, I think ancient. he's 47 years old. Uh, yep. accurate. <laughs> uh, and, and I'll say this: I love Frank Gore as a player. Um, the the dude has put up 12 consecutive seasons of 1,200 scrimmage yards or more. What? 12 yep. consecutive. He yep. has not missed a game in five seasons. That is crazy. This is – it's insane. I To me, he's one of the most underrated NFL players of all time. Um, that being said, somebody I put that out on Twitter. He's like, when are you taking him, bro? I'm like, I'm not touching him in fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with but, you. I'm with you. But I, I'm just – I'm giving the man his due. Yeah. He's amazing. Uh, that being said – where do you take a guy like Frank Gore? Obviously, you're uncomfortable taking him wherever you wherever you take him, just given the age. Uh, but where do you take him? Uh, what, eight, nine, seventh, sixth? I think he's bottom of the sixth round pick. Yeah, depending on your team structure. The, too. the thing about Gore is like he's one of those last starting running backs you can get in the middle rounds. Stalwarts like at, at, at that, that you know you're going to yeah, get. He's yeah, he's going to get the volume. He's going to get the goal line work. At that point, you're you're left with, like, secondary guys who are, you know, pass-catching backs or handcuffs or whatever you want to call them. But, right. So he there, he presents a value in that way, but I just don't know how, how much upside he brings. I mean, I've, I have been a Frank Gore champion for years. Okay. Um, but even right now, I just – I look at him with so much trepidation. Yeah. I just I'm worried that this is the, the year of the breakdown. I just you know, and and there's no one, there's really nobody in that backfield that's going to be able to spell him. Yeah, yeah. Josh Ferguson's they, not the guy. I don't understand. They're talking about Robert Turbin now as the number two. I don't understand in a draft that was so deep at running back why, why this one. team did not address the running back position. I don't know. Yeah. It makes no sense to me. I don't yeah. know. I mean, I honestly would feel better if if I knew there was a guy that would come in every so often and be able to give him rest on a consistent basis. I guess I'd feel a little bit better about it, but yeah. I just. I, I, I love Frank Gore. I do. And I, I want to see him. Like I will I will start a petition to, to see him in the Hall of Fame because I think he's been <laughs> that good for that long. 100%. Yeah. But 100%. This year, I just I can't. I he can't had 260 carries last year. That's a lot for a guy his age. He's 33 years old coming into this season. This is the, the, the big-time warning sign, right, the big red flag, 3.7 yards per carry 
uh, for Frank Gore last yeah. year. It's the first time he's ever dipped below four. Um, their offensive line was horrible last yeah, year. Yeah, and their too. offensive line. Look, Pep Hamilton is. Yeah. I know he's supposed to be a great O line running backs type dude, but no, he, he's he, just he wasn't a good of offensive coordinator. And um, and I think there I think this offense could be on the rise, but will Frank Gore be there uh, to ride that train? I just don't know. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of question marks. All right, uh, for me, like I said, I, I'm I'm probably I, if he's there in round nine, I'm comfortable, but he'll be gone by then, I think. Uh, the Jaguars, Allen Robinson, first round pick, top ten player. I'm warming up to a Rob at the back end of the first round. Yes. Yeah. I don't see how he gets past pick twelve. He's the to me, if 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 drafts go like I think they're gonna go, which would be the top three receivers. Yeah. Yeah. Then in in some order, Todd Gurley, AJ Green, David Johnson. He's the clear next pick, and I would obviously take him over Gurley, no question about it. So he to me he's the sixth overall player. Do you take him over Ezekiel Elliott? Right. Yes. yes. Man. No question. So high. Wow. Well, see, I I. You know, keep going back to what I did last night. I had the the turnaround pick in a ten team draft, ten eleven. I went Zeke ten and A Rob eleven. I mean, Dude, I could have. I love that. I could have easily interchanged that whatever, start. but I I went That's Zeke awesome. and A Rob. I love you know, that a ten and eleven right there. That's awesome. I absolutely love that start. Um, I'll tell I'll tell you this: one of the most overdrafted players in fantasy in my mind is Alan Hearns. Yeah, I like Alan Hearns as a player a lot, but he, he's double going digit touchdowns last year. I get it. He's going in the fifth round. That's absurd. And you know, uh, some <laughs> of the target research that I did for the for the article I just put up uh, a couple of week like a week or so ago. I don't even know what I don't know. I've lost track of time completely. But he's one of those outlier guys that was a, a wide receiver, a top twenty four wide receiver, despite seeing less than one hundred twenty targets, and he did it. Uh, because of his touchdown rate, which was almost ten percent of his targets went for touchdowns. I'm not saying he's Ted Ginn. But he, because he's got obviously he's got way better. much better hands and a way like actual real football player, much better actual real football yeah. player. Um, but I'm talking about those opportunities. Yeah. yeah. You know. Um. And, and again, will he see double digit touchdowns next year? I I'd be shocked. Yeah. And 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 this is the thing to keep in mind as well. Um. And the reason I'm saying do not take this dude in the fifth round. Uh. Forget about the touchdown dependency on touchdowns. Just his injury history alone scares me off the fifth round. We're going all the way back, not only to his days at Miami, but he suffered, like, season-ending injuries in high school. So we're, he's got, uh, again, a ridiculously long uh, injury history going all the way back to high school. So um, I, I just have concerns there. Uh, and, again, we kind of, you know, we talk about those pop seasons or whatever it might be. Alan Hurts, to me, had that pop season last year. Yeah. I hope he, I hope he's there. I hope he plays all 16. He's a good player. Uh, he was a he was a, a very good player, very productive player on the field when he was on the field at Miami. But I, I just I don't see it, man. I, I just don't see it. I, I just, think I think I think, and I know we're gonna get to Julius Thomas in a bit, but yeah. I think that's the guy that you're worried about if you're Alan Hurts. Thank you for right. sure. Right, it's a good point because he wasn't Thomas wasn't a factor for at least five or six. It took weeks. him a while. He was hurt. Of the he was, well, he was yeah. hurt of the year, yeah. and you could, he was out of shape. Clearly, you could, you could watch him still trying to find his place in that offense yep. for right. a lot of weeks. But yep. he, I think he's found it. And I think he's going to be a huge red zone target. There's reports of him working uh, with uh, Blake Bortles in the off season. He's in much better shape this year. He's supposed to be healthy. And keep in mind, he, he's coming from that offense, right? He was coming from a Denver offense that was so different yeah. than what he saw with the Jacksonville Jaguars. We're, we're seeing Julius Thomas going the double-digit rounds, man. Yeah, you, you can get him real late. Shh, let's not talk about 
Um, but that's I, our job. I think the talent level <laughs> is still there. I, look, you know, people ask you know people ask about the tight end position all the time. Franchise, yeah. Uh, and like you know, I, I'm never gonna draft Gronk. No. Nope. Uh, again, nope. mostly because there's so much talent that yeah. you could have in the double-digit rounds of tight end. Yeah, I'm waiting as long as I can to get a tight end. I have my guys that I want to target, Zach Miller, Jared Cook, guy like Julius Thomas. They're all going to be around in the 12th, 13th rounds. Right. Just just wait on tight end. That's uh, my plan. Blake Bortles was a top-five fantasy quarterback last year. Does he do it again? Uh, top five seems a bit rich. Yeah. I mean, I have him uh, just pulling up my rankings right now, my tiers. I have my, my tiers. We um, just did we, we just did that mock for Periscope for Fantasy Draft Week. I don't think Blake Bortles was drafted at all. Yeah, but pretty much every team only took one quarterback. Yeah. You know, and, and like, it wouldn't surprise me if he – like, so I have him at quarterback 17, and that seems a little bit conservative. Um, yeah. But – you know, it wouldn't surprise me if he's a top twelve quarterback. You know, he's got he's got great touchdown producers. That's the thing, and he can run the ball too. It's true. He, he, he's, he brings a steady floor. He, quarterback seventeen, probably a little bit aggressive, but there's just there's just so many good quarterbacks. Out did, there, did he lead the league in interceptions last yes, year? Yes, he did. It took, it took until week seventeen for him what to get got? there. All right, <laughs> to beat up Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning held on to that for a long time, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, <laughs> but Bortles did get there eventually. Um, but uh, you look at that that t- that interception. Uh, that interception number, yeah, and then you look at the fact that his completion percentage was below sixty percent. Those are a lot of red flags, man. Yeah, a lot. But um, all those interceptions ended up leading to a lot of touchdown passes because that Robin was Hearns. that was yeah. the reason they were playing from behind in that's a lot of true. cases. I mean, that's a that's a, one of the great things about uh, about Blake Bortles is like he is a guy that has gotten pummeled the last couple of years. He's taken a ton of hits, but unlike players like you know. Sam Bradford or, or David Carr or whatever they, they weren't got he hasn't like gone into a shell you know he's just a guy that like like he's like Brett Favre he has no conscience for anything that's going on around him which <laughs> brings a lot of good and bad things you know well, he's a big boy yeah he's big he's 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 a built dude yeah he's a big boy um so no one believes in Blake Bortles repeating as top five right no I don't no think so. I don't think he'll be top five so. no. but, but I think uh, well, okay fine how about top, will he be a top 10 guy I have him at 11 so yeah, I don't even have him in top, my top ten either. It would be, I mean, uh, this quarterback position is just so deep. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if if any of the guys, like, even down to, like, the – I would probably bump him up into Tier 4. But, like, any of the guys from Tier 4 to, to Tier 1, if any of those guys finishes top ten. All right, let's go to the Titans. What do you do with Derrick Henry and DeMarco Murray? I, I'm trying to draft Derrick Henry in every league that I can. Dude, Are you? Derrick yeah, Henry is so good. I think by a couple – halfway into the season, he's just going to be a beast. He looks like a monster. Yeah. He's, he's so good. It seems to be happening sooner. I mean, I, I thought that by midway through the season we'd be talking about him getting on the field more, but now coaches are already talking about how they're trying to get Derrick Henry on the field oh, yeah. as much as possible early on. Yeah, but, I mean, what are they going to do with DeMarco Murray? They're not going to just discard him. God, no. They should, though. I mean, <laughs> wow. No. Wow. I think wow. DeMarco Murray will have a bounce back. Coming in hot. Matt Harmon coming I in mean, hot. I, don't, I have Murray, like, absurdly low in my running back rankings, but I just can't find, like, a good reason to draft him. You know, he goes he's stupid high. He's going stupid too high. high. That's he's the like thing. He's like a fourth-round pick high. on fantasy football calculator. No. Get no. all the way the hell out of here. <laughs> That's the thing. That's ridiculous. I mean, Derrick Henry is going to be the better player by the end of the season. No question. He looks incredible. He yeah. gets the edge. He he actually looks pretty good as a receiver. I think I think he is like the plus version of LeGarrette Blunt, and everybody hates LeGarrette Blunt, but Blunt's a good running back who is going to be a top – you know, a top a first round pick in the NFL draft before he punched that guy from Boise State in the face. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, 
Byron Hout, by the way. That's well, the, that's the answer to that trivia. Unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately, I only ever remember him as dude that Legarrette Blunt punched in the face. But, yeah. but Blunt's been a productive NFL player, so I don't even think it's a slanderous comparison. And, and like Henry's just something that we haven't seen before. Yeah. Everybody's like, well, he looks like Brandon Jacobs, but he does not look so like much better, so like much Brandon quicker Jacobs for his up. size, more lateral movement. Yeah, more yeah. lateral movement. He's a he's a freak, and I mean they are gonna they're gonna run the ball when they're not losing, and they're but they're gonna be losing a lot and. I don't know. I I like Derrick Henry, um, and because Henry's going in the double digit rounds, right? He, yeah, uh, I think like seventh, eighth round. No, uh, in twelve on. team leagues. Really? Yeah, that's too he's high. he's creeping up. That's too high. That's too high. There's too many good players still. In the but board. I mean, around that that on fantasy football calculator in that range, it's Amir Abdullah, Derrick Henry, nope. Legarrette Blunt, Justin Forsett. Well, keep going. What, what, what uh, Danny Woodhead, Deion yeah, give Lewis. Me give me Oh, uh, okay, no. Jay Ajayi, TJ Yeldon, oh, no. Crowell, Sims, God, Coleman. Well, Col- Crowell for sure, but uh, no, uh, gosh, <laughs> you list off that. That's not a great list. Right. Okay, so maybe, maybe so. I, I'm not really maybe excited, so. like, as much as I'm gushing about Derrick Henry over here, and I think he's going to be great, you know, a potential, like, total steal in next year's drafts. I don't think this team's ready to quit Dexter McCluster either. Oh, God. Why did you say it? No, listen. Get this guy out of here. Look, look, look. The the coaching staff gave him the team captain role last year. They like him a lot. They like him. He's going to catch passes. I don't think either one of Henry or – or DeMarco is going to catch enough passes to give you a week-to-week floor. But I have Henry ranked over Murray. I expect him to take the lead back roll by the end of the year. And if I'm sure – I'm going to draft DeMarco on zero Yeah, zero teams. Sorry. Yeah, he's not not (laughs) – especially given his price. Yeah, Yeah, that's fourth round. I think think even on NFL.com, I think he's even going – like let's say he goes in the seventh round even. I'm not looking at DeMarco Murray in the seventh round. I wouldn't – I don't even know if I'd take him like – in the tenth round. Nah, come on. I know that you sounds. Would. I know that sounds stupid. No, you definitely would. But I would just. On. I would just rather take somebody I'm actually excited to. Like, I hate to pick guys on my team where I'm like, all right, I guess you forced <laughs> me to pick him. Like, this At is least, supposed to be fun, and I don't think having Demarco Murray on your fantasy team is fun. He is still a starting running back in the National exactly. Football League, and if he's, there, if he's there in the tenth round, like I said, man, I think this thing is supposed to be fun, and I'm not going to have any fun picking Murray. <laughs> but you were talking about <laughs> you're talking about taking Frank Gore in like the sixth or That's seventh crazy. round. But there's nobody else to take work from Frank Gore. There's two guys to take work from Demarco Murray. Uh, and and the Colts are actually at least going to be decent. I mean, I get all that. Terrible. I get all that. But we're talking about tenth round is not a lot of draft capital to spend. I know it's not. I, I know it's not, and I know that's like that's. A, <laughs> I'm sure he's a steal there, whatever. But I just feel like, like you're posturing. Right I'm now. not posturing. I'm just not. I'm just like don't want to do it. I, uh, you can't make me. Tajay Sharp. <laughs> Uh, I know you know you know a guy that you would spend a tenth round pick on Tajay Sharp. I don't know about a tenth. I, I don't know about a tenth round pick, but can I tell you? I'm in getting the 11th, excited. In the round, I'm excited. I'm really excited about Tajay Sharp. I'm getting I really think, excited about think, Tajay Sharp. I think he's not on the radar in a lot of like casual leagues. Oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah, can no. get him like fourteenth, yeah. fifteenth oh, round yeah, as your last. Pick. Oh, easy, easy, easy. So if we were if you're playing in one of those ten team casual leagues. Yeah. I, he will be there in the fifteenth. round. Yeah, yeah. He will be there a hundred percent for sure. Gellhart and I drafted a league with his uh, with his friends from college that all live out here, and you know we were going through the draft rankings and everything, and I'm like, I go all the way down to like 340, and I'm like, oh my god, Tajay Sharp's all the way down there. We gotta, we really gotta fix that. Uh, but you know, at the same time, I'm like, yeah, he's he's absurdly low in draft rankings across the industry. He's a guy that a lot of casual people don't know, so for sure, total steal. Um, here's the thing: he's six two, two hundred pounds. 
Uh, he's got incredibly small hands, which I think is what uh, dropped him down quite a bit. Uh, his hands eight point or eight and three eighths inch. Yeah, and they were like seven point three at the uh, at the NFL or at the East West Shrine game. No, and yeah, they were, but then they like grew or something. Oh, well, weird. Okay, I don't know. I don't get it. But th- that's still incredibly small. Anything less than nine is pretty small. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, but again, you look at the size, and then this, you know, and I, I thought coming out of UMass, a kid, uh, you know, who's 6'2", 200 pounds coming out of UMass, I'm like, ah, he must be slow, but a good route runner. Well, he's a good route runner, and then he's got good speed. He runs a 4.5540. That's not slow by any stretch of the imagination, especially for a guy who's 6'2". Yeah. I think what we've seen in the preseason as well, and again, we talk about drumbeat a lot on this podcast. There's been so much positive uh, uh, news and such a positive drumbeat surrounding Tajay Sharp, yeah. so much so that they traded away DGB. Yeah, they they were saying months ago that Sharp was pushing DGB. Remember that report? Yeah, because everyone's think, like, ah, oh, fifth round pick. I think months ago it was used try to to try be a motivational tactic, and yeah. then it turned out that no, actually, it wasn't motivating. <laughs> yeah, but now now we realize that this was real. Mm-hmm. I mean, tell me this guy doesn't have the athletic profile to really explode this year. Oh, I, I don't show. know. He's not a great athlete or anything, but he's a, a great route runner, a really good technician, and, and was insanely productive in college. But, I mean, but but see, that I would disagree with you, is that I think he does – he is a good athlete. <laughs> At 6'2", 200 pounds, and running a four five five forty, that's legit. I mean, he doesn't have the strength, obviously, uh, 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 of some of the true beasts in the NFL, but – his athletic profile is not bad at all, I, and, I he, like and you combine that with the the route running again that that you've mentioned ad nauseum, Matt Harmon. I like him. Yeah, I I fear that we're starting to get a little over the moon on Tajay Sharp. I mean, come on, he's still going to double digit rounds. I'm not saying go single digits. Yeah, on we, we were saying 14, 15 rounds. Yeah, That's not good. As a flyer I mean, <laughs> upside type guy, <laughs> in terms of athletic, Har- terms of athletic Harman basically picked up his laptop and is showing it to James. He showed me the spider web of athleticism. Is, and it's uh, not great. It's not mock, great. That's what I'm saying. He's not. A, he's not I mean, a great like measured athlete. Let's also guy. keep in mind that this wide receiver draft class was not considered to be great. There were a handful of guys at the top of it. The, right. You know the Treadwells, the Shepherds, the Coleman's. Yep. You know maybe the Doxons, who were supposed to be you know kind of standouts. The rest of it was supposed to be great. We're talking about Tajay Sharp, who was sort of overlooked and was he fifth round pick? I mean, there's a guy that wasn't necessarily highly coveted. So let's right. I mean, he's a flyer. He's a dart throw at yeah. the end yeah. of your draft, and that's kind of it. But I would rather I think I would rather have and, and Harmon, you were kind of making the case for this. Or someone was making the case, I think it was you, about Richard Matthews. Like, are we overlooking this guy? Oh, for sure. We're yes. overlooking that dude too. I, I think Matthews is fine. I, I, I think I, I think Sharp has uh has more potential upside but can i here's the other thing uh so you're investing a double digit you know again maybe around 12 or something on, on tajay sharp uh matt you and i were talking about this before too in terms of target share i can't really see a scenario where he doesn't at least get 100 targets yeah it just depends on what you're projecting for delaney walker you know i mean uh, i mean he's going to dominate the target share again uh, but yeah he probably uh, will which he which he certainly or could um but i, I agree with you i think that that sharp is going to push 100 and that's i mean he's a he's a steal at his adp and that's bottom line all right delaney walker uh, love him <laughs> i love him too uh, me too 133 targets last year and hit, and he was, he was good man he was good it, uh he did yeah. uh he obviously got the most targets of any nfl tight end uh, i don't necessarily know if that happens again this year why not 
Why not? I mean, like, we just sat here and talked about Tajay Sharp as being, like, a deep, deep sleeper. We yeah. talked about Rashard Matthews yeah. doesn't fire anybody up. I mean, yeah. why not? The, yeah. the Titans haven't exactly been great when it comes to developing wide receiver talent in their history. I mean, look at the – the failed, the, the failed fantasy carcasses of Kendall Wright and Justin Hunter. Oh, Justin Hunter might not even make the team. Right. I mean, so why why can't he see another 130 targets this yeah, year? Yeah, I guess. Uh, you know, hmm, gosh, it's such a big number, though. And especially if, if we're talking about this team wanting to run the ball a lot, maybe they won't be able to run because their defense is not great either. But I don't know. We'll see. Um, he's wh- where's uh, where, where's Delaney Walker going right now? Eighth round. Eighth round. That's Ish. a great price for him. Value. Yeah. Great yeah, price. Yeah, he's a, he's, a he's a fine pick there. All right, I got to do one last fan league update, right? Yes. All right. Uh, at least last I one. think so. Here's the problem. I'm going to throw this out as a caveat. Adam Rank tells me the, the league is full. I think he's wrong. Um, I think there is one spot left, but Ooh. Adam Rank did tell me that the league is full. Controversial. I, I went to the league. There is still one spot open. Uh, but again, I'm, I'm, I'm throwing this out there, not as a Steve Harvey thing, <laughs> but I'm just letting you know, bruh, when I pick you, there's a possibility. It's a 50, 50 chance that the league is full, but today we got to make a choice. <laughs> like today's the last day. Like we have, we've been pushing this off way too long. Yeah. Um, and today's the last day. So whoever it, I'm picking this guy. Um, this, uh, this dude by the name of Carl Vin Rodney at on hiatus. I, I like the Twitter handle. I like the name. He had his eight year old son write me a letter. Wow. In addition to subscribing, rating and reviewing the podcast, nice. he had his son eight years old, write me a letter. Dear Mr. Co. My dad asked me to write you a letter to get him into the danger zone league. He listens to you guys all the time in the car when all I want to do is listen to 102.7. <laughs> That's amazing. He even has mom playing fantasy football. All right. This is probably his last and only chance, so I really want to make it count. I know how happy he would be if my letter helped him get into your league. Please let me know with a reply from his son, Tyler Rodney. Is well, listen, Tyler. Tyler, I hope you I hope you least – negotiated for like some great Christmas presents or birthday presents <laughs> yeah, or something like that. For real. <laughs> Get yourself like an Xbox or something. Yeah, bruh. Because you know what, man? You got your pops into the league. Maybe. 50-50 <laughs> Thanks for the letter, but... Uh, look, we gotta we have to confirm, alright? But Adam Rank tells me the league is full. Well, I feel all like right. if, I, if, I think if it happens, mistaken. because Adam Rank truth be told, is uh, no longer part of our Fantasy Live family. He's going to the new show Fantasy and Friends. So in that case, I think he should have to cede his spot if if we are oh. one, if you guys are one person over. Wow. Look at, look Controversial. Us. Look at us just breaking news over Training here. Training camp battle. Breaking news over here. Wait, can I just say one thing for the guys? If we use that logic, I have to be off the I have to be off of this league too, pal. Oh. No, you're in, you're on Fantasy Live. Change zone. All right. Right. Just one thing for and the you're on the Fantasy Life podcast. That's true. Well, that's true. For the Beard League listeners, yes. you guys been hitting us up on Twitter. We're, we're, we don't have a league built yet. What? We we didn't build the league Buddy, yet. Are yeah. you serious? No, 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 no. We, we haven't like set it up. Look, it's all twenty six. It will, next, next it will take it will take all of two and a half yeah. minutes. Right. To set we it have up. all it's of the fine. people who are going to be in it. Just keep an eye on your emails. Next week we'll reach out to you. We don't have it built yet. I thought Danger Zone was lagging. 
Y'all are lagging, Oh, we've man. picked Oh, is your, is your league We don't built? have 50-50 controversial yeah, spots up in the it's air. It's built with 15 owners in it already signed up. Oh, well, whatever. <laughs> we'll get around to it. Some of us are busy doing work every day. We're not fancy. Just, not just, not just, we set up our not just piddling on. around over there at our desk. Piddling around? What are you talking about? You're, I you're said piddling. what I said, I piddler. All right. Let me up. play the Gelhar roll. Let's just dap and get out. All right. Let's dap and get out here. Over you guys. All right, daily dap time. We're going to start with Matt Harmon. What's up, man? Yeah, I'm going to give a dap to our, our two researchers that are back, uh, Kareen yeah. and Evan Lazar. Is it, is it Laser or Lazar? Lazar, I believe. But I, think I like Laser. I'm going to go I with like Laser. Evan Laser. All right, laser. The, laser, the Laser is his new name. Should we just uh, call him E-Laser? How about you? Yeah, we'll just, I'm just going to call him Laser. 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 Laser's cool. Yeah, laser. Anyways, so laser. I, they, they, sent us, uh, they sent us a nice email around yesterday like, hey, if you guys have any like research needs, feel free to reply. Right. And right away last night I was uh, ha you know, having a few beers as usual okay. and was working on this uh, zero RB uh, running back piece or zero RB piece. And I, and I was like, you know what? Actually, I do have something that I need. And they dug it up for me like right away this morning when I came into work. It was already it was already here. Wow. Uh, I will be sharing it in my piece. Uh, so later good. Today. Clutch. Elite. Oh, I love it. That. They are so good. Look at that. Because, uh, I mean, I, 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 I prefer to like do my own research, research or whatever. Shocking. Listen, I like that numbers. I like data. I like researching things. Get off my back. No, I don't. Not. Don't don't at me. <laughs> uh, and and I'm just I gonna so, mute you. So I like yeah, that would be preferable. Yeah. So uh, I like doing all that stuff, but it was really cool to just have them like, hey, I just got a real. Cool hey, welcome to the Boom. big time, pal. Well, listen, I, I like to I like to stay down here with the people. The people. I like to be one of the people. No, I'm just. I'm a man. I, I actually do a lot of my own research too. Yeah, and, uh, but no, but it is. Now you just nice steal our takes. That. Wow! Wow, that was wow. wow. No, I'm just kidding. You're not. You're not Gelhar. You're not. You're not. Whoa! It's oh. getting oh. worse. Jeez, man. Daily Tyron off right He's now. Got negative. I'm just gonna that drop my headset Harmon. and leave now. Just I don't care. dropping fire on people. Right. All right, franchise. Give me All one. Right. So, uh, Harmon dapped our research team. I yeah. was gonna dap. The, we're wrapping fantasy draft week here, right? We are. Yes. This was a big, big thing. A lot of people been planning for for months. Yeah. Uh, just a, a good thanks to our social team. Heather Pink ran a lot of stuff. I know she's been out of her mind, stressed out. 100%. Our, mm. our uh, Periscope. Even came in on her day off to help out with the Periscope. There you go. Yeah. Did she? Uh, yeah. Real champion. You guys have been hitting here super early doing Fantasy Live, crushing it. Uh, you thanks, can watch man. those on NFL.com. Our, our written content, we've been pumping out articles this week to help for our draft kit. You guys are machines. Oh my God, it's just everyone's just been overworked like crazy this week, and we've been crushing it. So just there you go. Shouts to our team here. To fantasy draft. Yeah, that that's what's up. All right, there you go. MG, my guy, Marcus Grant, what's up? Uh, you guys have been all altruistic in like dapping people that we work with. <laughs> Not me. Typical um, selfish Marcus. Yep. Sad. <laughs> yep. Sad. Uh, you know what? Dabs to De La Soul. Uh, these guys have been doing it for almost 30 years. It's been, Amazing. It's been 27 years Amazing. since they released Three Feet High and Rising, which is an absolute hip-hop classic, and I'm dapping them because they released their first full album in 12 years today. Amazing. 
Did and you listen to it yet? I haven't listened to it yet. That's what I'm going to be doing as I go back and write the fantasy stock watch today. There cool. And the anonymous nobody. That is the name of the album. I mean, they have actually been what's doing. It, what's the? Give me the full title here. What's and the anonymous nobody. That's the album name. That is the name of the album. Oh, interesting. Um, it was one they they financed it through a Kickstarter campaign. Now they. Yeah, oh, that's right. They've that's actually right. been doing. They're, they're, Sick. They're, their last yeah, that's so- full. That's solid. Their last full album was the Grind Date back in 2004, which is an amazing album. They've been doing a lot of stuff. I mean, they've had EPs. They've had some mixtapes. They've dropped yeah. a few things here and there, right, but this right. is their first full-length album since the grind date in 04. Cool. Uh, guest stars include Snoop Dogg, Jill Scott, uh, oh, David, uh, Two Chains, Usher. Two Chains? Uh, I believe David. What? I believe David Byrne of the uh, you know Talking Heads is actually uh, has Sweet. a feature on there as well. So looking forward to kind of digging Dude, into this. But props to De La Soul, who's been doing this thing for 30 years in hip hop, which is pretty much a young man's game, and they are still putting Hell out bangers. Yeah. So. Can't wait to get to this. Okay, full disclosure, uh, I'm not a big fan of De La Soul's albums, mm-hmm. but let me say this, though. They're live shows. Oh, my God. Their, their live, live shows, shows are so good. Rip. So good. Oh, my gosh. Their live shows rip. So man. good. If you ever get a chance to go see De La Soul live, do it. Do it. And again, it doesn't matter if you're a fan of their music or not. Oh, my God. I, I'm getting goosebumps thinking it is, about it is just a party. their live shows. It's so awesome. It's a party. Uh, I will give a Daily Dap as well. How about uh, more music on your way? Uh, this fellow by the name of Dave East. Da- it's a very simple name, but, man, this kid can absolutely spit. He was on XXL's uh, freshman cover, and that's kind of how I discovered him a little bit. Uh, but, man, he's got a very strong online following. I didn't realize that. But uh, I think he was signed by Nas. But uh, if you go look up his some of his music on YouTube, he's got a little bit of something for everybody, right? Like, so he's got some deep lyrics, but he's got some club bangers, too. He's got a little bit of uh, – uh, but he's a young guy, and, man, his wordplay is on point. Dave East for those hip-hop heads. That's really funny because I, they, that De La Soul who worked with producer Dave West. Oh, here we go. Synergy. Synergy. Nice. I like it. Hey, our fill-in producer, Brandon McGinnis, the Irishman, has a daily dap as well. What's up, pal? Speak about uh, Synergy, I'm going to bring it back to what Harmon and Franchise did. Right. And I'm going to give a daily dap to the only real reason why I'm doing this podcast right now. Which is? Uh, TD Daniel. Today is his, yes. last, oh today is his last day. Uh, with the NFL Media Group. Black Ties. Props to Black Ties. Yeah. He's been Black on a farewell ties. tour here. He has, yeah. and this is going to wrap it up. So, <laughs> that is craziness. Young Kobe, TD, Tunde, whatever you want to call him, uh, he's the only reason why I got brought over to podcast last year. Oh, there you so go. I wanted to give my daily dap to him there as a go. public thank you for everything he did for me. Absolutely. Cool, man. Nice. Oh. TD, TD. We will, we will miss you, TD. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, man. All right, that's your show for today. We'll be back at it. Look for all the fresh content online. By the way, sign up for NFL Game Pass. It's the best, I'm telling you. NFL.com slash Game Pass. We'll see you. Peace. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota. Let's go places.
you wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And. Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer.